Hello, this is Nikta from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 21st of July. India reported over 37,000 new COVID-19 cases, taking its total tally to over 11.5 lakhs. In a worrying turn of events, a zero survey conducted in Delhi has reported that on an average, over 23% residents of the national capital have been affected by coronavirus. The study conducted by the National Centre for Disease Control also indicates that a large number of infected patients remain asymptomatic. The survey was conducted from 27th of June to 10th of July. A total of 21,387 samples were collected and tested from across 11 districts. Based on these test results, out of the capital's approximate population of 2 crores, around 47 lakh have been infected. However, Delhi's current tally is a little less than 1,24,000. Just yesterday, Delhi's Health Minister Satyendra Jain had expressed his fears of community transmission, saying a lot of cases could not be contact traced. But he conveniently left it to the central government to figure out the technicalities. The centre, meanwhile, has repeatedly been denying community transmission. However, in its statement accompanying the results of the survey, the centre said that a significant proportion of the population is still vulnerable. It said, and I quote, Therefore, the containment measures need to continue with the same rigour. Non-pharmacological interventions such as physical distancing, use of face masks and covers, hand hygiene, cuff etiquette and avoidance of crowded places must be followed strictly. Unquote. The Delhi government today approved doorstep delivery of ration to eligible beneficiaries. Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal made the announcement, terming it a revolutionary move. The scheme will be known as Mukhyamantri Ghargar Ration Yojana. He said, and I quote, Under the scheme, wheat, flour, rice and sugar packed hygienically in bags will be delivered to the doorstep of people. Taking ration from a PDS shop will be optional. Unquote. In other COVID-related news, the Health Ministry today warned citizens against inappropriate use of N95 masks, especially those that contain respiratory valves. In a letter to all states and union territories, Rajiv Garg, the Director General of Health Services, said, and I quote, It is to bring to your knowledge that the use of valve respirator N95 masks is detrimental to the measures adopted for preventing the spread of coronavirus as it does not prevent the virus from escaping out of the mask. Unquote. The DGHS also referred to the advisory on the use of homemade protective cover for face and mouth available on the website for the Ministry of Health. While the pandemic has taken over our news cycle, we at News Laundry have not forgotten the horrifying riots that engulfed Northeast Delhi in February this year. As many of you might know, we had started a News Laundry SENA project to find out whether the police's investigation into the riots have been fair and robust. Unfortunately, the truth we are unravelling seems to suggest otherwise. In the first report under the series, our reporters Basant and Ayush investigated the murder of Maruf Ali, an electrician. The police have charge-sheeted six men for the murder. They are Shweb Saifi, Imran Khan, Muhammad Dilshad, Muhammad Imran, Manoj Kumar and Naveen Tyagi. The charge sheet declares, and I quote, there was sufficient evidence on record, both oral and technical, to arrest the following accused persons. Hence, they were arrested in the present case. Unquote. The oral evidence includes statements from Haroon, Shamshad, Muhammad Irfan and one Chaudhry Heather Ali. In the first part of this report, News Laundry had reported that Haroon and Shamshad had repudiated the statements attributed to them in the charge sheet filed by the Delhi police. They asserted that they recognised the men who had shot Maruf and Shamshad, contrary to what the charge sheet claims. 
The police's SIT, however, claims that Heather and Irfan did not recognize the rioters. Heather was listed as a prime witness. Irfan is the brother of one of the accused, Mohammed Imran. Our reporters found that the crime branch did not name, let alone arrest, the Hindu rioters named by the victims and the eyewitnesses. To find out more, do read the report titled Maruf Ali's Killing How the Delhi Police Stacked Up Vague Evidence Against Four Muslim Men. Let me remind you, dear listeners, that this story was a part of our News Laundry Sena project, an initiative that allows people like you to fund the stories that you want to hear. 154 readers contributed for this series, so a huge shout out to all of them. We have many such projects under this initiative. Do check them out on our website, newslaundry.com. The flood situation in Assam has worsened over the past few days due to heavy rainfall. Nearly 24.5 lakh people have been affected by the calamity and the death toll has reached 86. Overall, this year, the floods have affected nearly 55 lakh people across 30 districts in the state. Chief Minister Sarbananda Sonowal visited the flood-affected Barpeta district yesterday and announced a compensation of 4 lakh rupees within 48 hours for the families of those who died in the floods. He said, and I quote, This is the third wave of floods in Assam. This is a recurring problem in the state. People are fighting several problems. On one hand, there is COVID-19 and on the other, there are floods and landslides. Unquote. The government has set up 276 relief camps and 192 relief distribution centres in the districts to help the flood-affected people. While the Met Department has predicted more bouts of heavy rain over the next few days, teams of the National Disaster Relief Force have only been able to reach some of the flood-affected villages. Around 12 search-and-rescue teams of the NDRF have been deployed in Jorhat, Bongaigaon, Kamrup Metro, Dhubri, Barpeta, Golpara, Golaghat, Kachar, Shivasagar, Sonitpur, Dhemaji and Tinsukia. The NDRF control room is also keeping a close watch on other flood-affected areas. More than 100 wild animals, including at least 8 rare rhinos, have died at the Kaziranga Park, home to the world's largest population of one-horned rhinos, which faced extinction at the turn of the century. Dozens of other animals, including deer, buffalo, wild boars and porcupines, have also died, many due to drowning, while others were hit by vehicles as they attempted to escape the floodwaters. The United Nations has offered support to the flood hitter Sam. While the state has always been a flood-prone area with the Brahmaputra, one of the largest rivers in the world, flowing through it, the floods have become way too frequent over the past few years. Except for 2018, the years between 2016 and 2020 have all seen severe floods. Talking of Assam, in the early hours of Thursday, July 16th, Rajib Sharma, a correspondent with Assamese news channel DY365, had unexpected visitors at his home in Assam's Goripur. At 2 a.m., a contingent of police personnel from the Dubri police station, around 10 kilometers away, knocked on Sarma's door. A complaint had been filed against him by the divisional forest officer. Sarma requested that he be allowed to not leave his ailing father at this odd hour, being his father's only support, as his younger brother lives in Naugao in central Assam. He asked if he could appear at the station the next morning. An altercation ensued and soon after, Sarma was whisked away. The action proved costly. Sarma's father, Sudin Sharma, already suffered from paralysis and after his son's arrest, he had a cardiac arrest and was found dead in his bed the next morning. The heart of the matter seems to lie in Sarma's reports on the International Cattle Syndicate. 
On March 19th, for example, his report had alleged that the police were aiding the syndicate by providing a smooth passage. DY365 had broadcast images of cows with numbers inscribed on their bodies being pulled by ropes. To find out more, do read Ayan's report titled, He Received Threats to His Life. Before arrest, journalist in Assam had reported on smuggling nexus. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, not only do reports like this require courage and hard work, but also resources. As you all know, News Laundry is a completely reader-supported news platform. We do not take any advertisements, be it from the government or any other private companies. And that is because we realize the importance independent media has in keeping a democracy alive. If you feel the same way, go through our website, look at the stuff we do, and if you think we deserve your support, then please do subscribe to us. A monthly subscription is just 300 bucks a month. Not only will you be doing us a favor, but you will also be supporting the ideals of press freedom. Meanwhile, in the neighboring state of Tripura, the Chief Minister Biplab Kumar Deb is making news again for all the wrong reasons. The minister became the center of a controversy after he claimed at an event that Bengalis are way more intelligent than Punjabis or Jats who are instead blessed with strength. Thinking he was being funny, the chief minister said, and I quote, Many Jats live in Haryana. What do people usually tell about them? Jats have less intelligence, but they are very strong. If someone challenges a Jat person, he would bring out a gun from his house. Unquote. After the severe criticism he faced, Deb took to Twitter today to apologize for his comments. This is not the first time he is in the middle of such a mess. In November last year, he had claimed that the Mughals intended to destroy Tripura's cultural wonders by bombing its art and architecture. The year before that, he had claimed that internet and satellite communication existed in the days of the Mahabharata. He said, and I quote, The Europeans and the Americans may claim it is theirs, but it is actually our technology. Unquote. In the same year, he had also said that oxygen levels in water bodies automatically rise if ducks swim in them and that he wanted to distribute ducks among villagers to boost the rural economy. In yet another case of brutality against Dalits, a Dalit man was stripped and beaten up along with his family members in Karnataka's Vijaypura district for allegedly touching the motorcycle of an upper caste person. The incident, which took place on Saturday, came to light after a video of the attack was shared widely on social media. The man has filed a police complaint against 13 people. A case has been registered under the Scheduled Castes and Scheduled Tribes Act and various sections of the IPC. It is important to note that most of the attackers were not wearing masks and were violating basic COVID guidelines. Karnataka, by the way, is the fourth worst hit state by the pandemic in the country. Moving on, the Rajasthan High Court has decided to reserve its judgment on the plea filed by rebel Congress leader Sachin Pilot and 18 other Congress MLAs against their disqualification notices. The final verdict will now be delivered on July 24th. Senior advocate Mukul Ruhadgi, who appeared for Pilot and the rebel MLAs, argued that less time was given to them to submit their response than as stated in the rules. He said, and I quote, the proceedings reek of malefides. Mind you, we are in the middle of COVID-19 and only three days' time was given to reply. Unquote. Ruhadgi also said that according to the legislative rules of the Assembly, a response can be given within seven days or such extended period as may be. On Monday, senior advocate and Congress leader Abhishek Manu Singhvi, representing the Speaker, had argued that courts have no jurisdiction over the disqualification of any member. The judges, however, had observed that a whip can only be issued for an assembly session, but not with respect to a party meeting. 
Pilot was removed from the post of Deputy Chief Minister and President of the State Unit of the Party on July 14th after he rebelled against Chief Minister Ashok Gehlot. In other news, the NCERT has revised a chapter in its Class 12 Political Science textbook to drop a paragraph on separatist politics in Jammu and Kashmir and to add a brief mention of the scrapping of Article 370 instead. The deleted portion from the textbook reads, and I quote, One strand of separatists who want a separate Kashmiri nation, independent of India and Pakistan. There are other groups that want Kashmir to merge with Pakistan. Besides these, there is a third strand which wants greater autonomy for the people of the state within the Indian Union. Unquote. Earlier this month, a controversy had erupted over chapters on India's democracy and plurality being dropped from CBSE textbooks. Opposition parties said that it was done in order to propagate a particular ideology. And now for some international updates. A coronavirus vaccine developed by the University of Oxford appears safe and triggers an immune response. Trials involving 1,077 people showed that the injection led to them making antibodies and T-cells that can fight the coronavirus. While the findings are hugely promising, it is still too soon to know if this is enough to offer protection and the larger trials are still underway. The UK, however, has already ordered 100 million doses of the vaccine. The vaccine is made from genetically engineered virus that causes the common cold in chimpanzees. It has been heavily modified, first so it cannot cause infections in people and also to make it look more like coronavirus. Scientists did this by transferring the genetic instructions for the coronavirus's spike protein, the crucial tool that it uses to invade our cells, to the vaccine that they were developing. This means the vaccine resembles the coronavirus and the immune system can learn how to attack it. In a complete U-turn from his hugely confusing stance on face masks, US President Donald Trump tweeted an image of himself wearing a face mask and indirectly calling the act patriotic. He tweeted and I quote, We are united in our effort to defeat the invisible China virus and many people say it is patriotic to wear a face mask when you cannot socially distance. There is nobody more patriotic than me, your favourite president. Unquote. Many sources close to him have said that the shift in his tone is primarily because of his plummeting poll numbers. Earlier during the pandemic, Trump had made fun of Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden for wearing a mask, saying it wasn't presidential. He had said, and I quote, Somehow sitting in the Oval Office behind that beautiful resolute desk, I think wearing a face mask as I greet presidents, prime ministers, dictators, kings and queens, I don't know, somehow I don't see it for myself. Maybe I'll change my mind. Unquote. Well, Mr. President, we are quite glad that you changed your mind. Talking of American presidents, here's some bizarre news about a man who has long fancied himself as the President of the United States. In his first rally for his last-minute presidential campaign, musician Kanye West ranted against abortion and pornography, talked about the Bible and Christianity, and at one point even broke down and started crying. The event, which was live-streamed on YouTube and carried on local TV stations, did little to clarify whether West is really trying to win the presidency. The campaign he launched with a July 4th tweet had already missed several deadlines to appear on key state ballots. However, last week he qualified to appear on Oklahoma's presidential ballot, the first state where he met the requirements before the deadline. But in order to appear on South Carolina's ballot, he needs to collect 10,000 signatures. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.
All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.